Yeah, so what we're talking about is, um, and it's really a terrific training class because I, I help them uh, develop their business. And a lot of times we're given things like, um, you know, offer the agent something of value. Mm -hmm. Don't just cold call an agent with your handout, give yep. them something of value. But new loan officers don't even know what that means. They ask me, does that mean I should get some uh, Starbucks gift cards? Well, no, that, you know, that's not something of value. Well, what should I do? Should I, you know, should I like help pick their kids up from school? No, you'll get, <laughs> you know, you'll get arrested for that's that. That's a little so, creepy, right? <laughs> yeah. Boom. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, always here. With my amazing co-host, what's up, man, Mr. John Jones? How what's up, you? dude? Not much. What's up? So, hey, listen, we got a special guest today, hailing all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Rockstar branch manager from Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, yeah. Mr. Stephen Katz. So, Stephen, thanks for joining us, man. Sure, happy to be here. So, John, I'll let you intro yeah, what so we're going to talk about here in just a second. But I, I got to let me set up. Sure. We had Stephen on this podcast. About a year, almost a year and a half ago, a little short of that. Yeah. yeah. Has the world changed any? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so that's why we figured we would jump in. So let me quit stealing your thunder and, yeah, and go ahead. Yeah, so we want to talk about, like, uh, you know, business. Back when we had Stephen on the podcast, I think rates were probably a little bit different, right? We yes. would say substantially different than what we're looking at today. So yep. back then... Um, want to talk about you know in in 2021 how did your year finish out what what did rates look like when we last spoke to you january i believe of 2021 i think we were probably in the mid twos maybe 275 ish that's exactly right i went and looked it up and uh the rates were around 2.75 okay so so one of the cool things that you took advantage of during that that uh crazy time right well i'll call it crazy yeah I, I know you worked a little bit longer shift than normal right a little bit more than eight hours a day maybe a little longer than three to five days a week um you really uh, you know you plugged into your database and i i just like to you know share how did that year end for you well the year ended great it was uh i think our second or third best year ever uh and we just came off of a really terrific year in 2020 yeah. so uh yeah we, we were high-fiving and popping champagne you know uh, at that point now rates are around five percent so it's like a completely different world and it I, i've been through this before but i've never seen rates move so quickly no. so much in a no. 60 to 90 day yeah. period we're Stephen, how, how long have you been in the business man so this will be my uh, 29th year. Okay. So in 29 years, put that in, he's never seen he's rates never seen go up this, this yeah. fast. Not this fast. No. Um, we've seen. I've seen this kind of movement maybe over six to nine months, but yeah. we have compressed it uh, to where rates have gone up. You know, like we just said, about two percent in rate in 60 days. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, the charts look like a, a bloodbath, just red after red yeah. after red. Yeah, yeah. I it, mean, it, it seems like every day is just a little bit more <laughs> of the same in term in terms of those rate markets, and I like it doesn't appear that there's any end in sight anyway. Well, let's hope we've maybe leveled off yeah. a little bit. Yeah, let's not yeah. go any higher. I think that, yeah, the level off part is what we're all looking for, a little bit of stability again. Yeah. Let the consumer, let everybody out there that's shopping for homes, 
and or if you're still looking to refi with cash out, like let's let the rates settle down. So when we're having the conversation with the consumer, the next day it's not something different. Yeah, the next and day the it's, next not week different, yeah. it's not something entirely different. Hey, Steven, so I want to ask you a couple of questions just about your business in general. So 2020 purchase versus refi, what were your percentages? So, um, so I guess you're really asking about last year and we were about, uh, 70% refi, 30% purchases. Okay. So, um, and in 2020, it was uh, maybe 75, 25, so really very heavy in refis, um, trying to service our customers and get them the savings that they, uh, that they deserve. Um, of course, today, I just looked over the numbers, almost completely reversed. So now we are about 70 to 75% purchase and about 30% refis. And a lot of that is maybe some stragglers that locked in a couple months ago. Sure. Um, so I'm I'm thinking that we'll probably end up the year maybe in the 80-20 purchase. Okay. Uh, you know. Hey, by chance, have you taken a look at, I know your business has shifted to purchase, but have any chance you've taken a look at like so far year to date versus the same time period last year? Are purchase transactions up total like unit wise for your for your location, for your branch? So, um, yeah, so the purchase business, you know, we, the reason why uh, we came off such historic years is that the purchase business was strong too. In the past, we had refis driven by low rates, but you know, the, it was because the economy was kind of sucky and the real estate market wasn't that great. Now we had this like perfect storm of both strong purchase and strong mm -hmm. refis. So the purchases have really uh, remained strong, uh, pretty steady. Okay. So you're at a position right now with your with your business overall where you're shifting, right? You're shifting because of the market that we're in. And I would imagine you probably have a little bit of experience having done this before. Can you talk to us about some of the things that you're doing to help you with this shift in your business? Yeah, so hopefully, um, you know, you've continued to stay in contact with your referral partners. Uh, we have, but of course, we probably have come short in giving them, you know, white glove treatment like we did in the past, just because of limited time and resources. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I think you need to go back and try and, uh, you know, reestablish uh, the or make further commitments to those relationships um, and maybe even mend some fences if you haven't spoken to them in a long time. Um, so yeah, so the relationships are gonna be more and more important. Um, you've got to remind those real estate agents that we're here to serve them. Yeah, so one of the other things I, I'm just kind of thinking some questions as we're talking here. Sure. Because, I mean, this is 29 years experience is a long time, right? And so this probably isn't the first time you've seen a shift in your business. Um, you know, obviously we've seen shifts between refi and purchase, but I'm talking about an overall volume shift. You're probably going to see what, maybe a 25, 30% decline in your business in 2022 versus 2021. I'm just curious, is, are you, are you looking at your branch right now going, Hey, we've got to cut expenses. We've got to increase marketing. Like what are some of the things that you're considering based on where the how the business is changing and where it's going that's an excellent question um 
Yeah, so I think the knee-jerk reaction is, you know, let's fire a third of the staff and cut back <laughs> on all expenses and, you know, try and uh, get the P&L uh, straightened out by lowering costs, which, of course, you have to uh, be smart about it. I always feel like when it comes to staff, you have to go at it with a scalpel and not a hatchet. Um but, uh, yeah, I think that as far as marketing, uh, you have to leave those dollars there. Hopefully, if you've been in the business a while, and I mean a while by like five years or so, you've saved up a little bit of money, and there's a little bit in the coffers so that you can um, kind of double down on your marketing efforts. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of people that came into the business just for the refis. Yes. So... You know, so here's what's going to happen over the next three to six months. Those places where they, uh, you know, have the guys on the headsets and they're basically a sweatshop of um, <laughs> load originators and all their staff is paid on production. Listen, you know, for that six to nine month period, that business model is fantastic. That's perfect. That's um, correct. Yeah. If you're taking it, you know, if you're you're taking in millions in business and you're paying out just a few dollars, I mean, you're you're going to make some money. But you know, they don't need the skill level. The guy that's just looking to lower his interest rate, they don't need the skill level. They don't need the service level Correct. and so forth. But now they're in a situation where how do we keep the doors open? Because nobody knows. I mean, I think at this point we know that this is not a head fake. Yep. You know, this is not that uh, week where rates jumped up three-eighths in rate, and then they went back down. Get back down, yeah. You know, this is I here to stay for a little bit, yeah. Right. It's a complete environmental change. Yeah. So you'll see, um, you know, uh, you'll see them trying to hang on, whether it's like super aggressive pricing for yep. 60 days, yep. or whether they'll you'll see massive layoffs. You know, you'll read about that in the newspaper. Um, you know, but so there'll be this weeding out period where basically the mortgage business will be just a little bit muddied and yucky yeah. over the next six months till we get back to normal where there's a proportionate amount of loan officers to the amount of business that's going on. Yeah. Uh, so I think that you have to weather the storm. A lot of loan officers at this point, they panic and they say, God, I used to uh, close 15 loans a month and now I'm closing six. So uh, it must be my company's fault. It must be my business model. And so you see like a lot of recruiting, a lot of loan officers jumping, finding that grass is greener, not willing to accept, okay, well, the measuring stick that you were using was against the greatest year ever. Yes. You right. know, let, let's look at the measuring stick over, you know, the last five to 10 years. And then, um, you know, so it's very... Uh, I think that there's a lot of like depression and psychiatric uh, issues that go on at this point in time. No, and I mean, you know, I mean, it is kind of funny, but it's not funny because a lot of loan officers they get depressed because, you know, they weren't smart about their money. They went, yes. they bought a second home, they bought a boat, they bought a jet ski, they bought a Range Rover, and now, um, you know, and they're thinking, well, hell, I'm going to make. That was so 2005 for all of us. <laughs> that was before right, my so, time. Yeah, yeah, we went. We yeah, went through that. 2003, I built a wine cellar, right? Because I was going to make, <laughs> you know, I was going to make a gazillion dollars for the rest of my life, yeah. right? So then, um, 
you know, so then a little bit of that depression, because nobody likes to, you know, take a step backwards. Correct. But I think it's just a question of using the wrong measuring stick. Um, and um, Yeah, here's where I'm going to go with that, Stephen. So let's just talk about you being in the business 25 plus years. Okay. I was right? kind of, like, I was rambling. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so so what, when you say measure, but I mean, if you're a loan officer and you're normally closing in an average normal market, say 10 units a month yeah. on the purchase side, and maybe you're doing 80-20 splits, so you're doing two refinances, right? You're closing sure. 12 deals. Steven didn't abandon that the last year and a half, two years. He continued to close his 10 to 12, his 10 purchases. Yes. But he took advantage of his database that he's built up for 25 plus years. Sure. He still closed 10, so his business didn't change. He just closed another 25 or 30 yes. extra refinances a month. So now he was closing 40 plus units a month during the best time in the mortgage business yes. ever. So the important thing is if you wanna feel sanity and know where your business should be at, look back two or three years ago yeah. and, and measure out the purchases that you normally do month to month. Correct. And if you're there or growing hopefully well, a little you, bit, you know, you're okay. 2019 could be a, a decent measuring stick, yep. right? And that was why I asked yep. even the question about, you know, is, is your purchase business up year over year, yep. right? And from what he says, it sounds like he's gaining some market share in the area, you know, he's at, and that's, you know, right. that's great. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think it's funny, you, you know, Steven, you were talking about this shift in our business and like these sweatshop LOs and things like this. I was talking to um, some executives here at our company this week. In the last two weeks, we've gotten 1400 resumes for underwriters and loan processors. Sounds about right. Is, is yeah. that a, when, again, when have you ever received but again, that? But again, the, the reason they all get into this business two years ago, three years ago, right, is because not everybody, we know a lot of really successful LOs yeah. that never took advantage of a refi. Oh, yes. So, I mean, shame on you out there. You allowed the yeah. entry for all these other companies to come in there and swoop away your customers. Yeah. You know, that you didn't want to pick up the phone and, yeah. and, and make a little extra. Hey, Stephen, did it take a lot to pivot your business in the last 90 days? Well, I mean, um, yes and no. Uh, so some of it, the fact that it slowed down a little bit, you know, was actually uh, comforting. Of course, you don't want it to stay slower for any extended period of time. But um, yeah, so it gave me uh, time to work on some marketing things and um, to kind of shore up my database. I've been working on that. That's kind of a, a, a long-term project. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think that it was that drastic a pivot. I don't think okay. it was that drastic. Because the thing is with the refi business, so we didn't really prospect for that business. We just kind of had open arms for yes. it. So, yeah. So me shooting out a group email that said, hey, man, we should talk because rates are low. I mean, that's not like a big marketing project. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, yeah. And, it, and at the right time, that might have brought in 35 loans. Yeah. That email. So, um yeah, so it, it wasn't a huge pivot. It's kind of getting back to normal, really. I, I got to tell you one of the things that I hope everybody would take away from a, a pro like Steven is, um, you know, he, he had the database, right? I, I can't tell you how many 100%. loan originators that we talk to that make moves between companies. And when they get to the new one, they have nothing or take they don't nothing. they don't have any of their database. Right. Like I, I learned, you know, fortunately for me, I started in the business April 2007. The company I was with went bankrupt in August. When so only in four months. But when I made the switch to the to the new lender, 
that it, I was only in the business four months when I realized I need to keep my own database, right? Right, and so for him, he you know he's got a huge database that when we come across a market like we just came out of again, he can cast a pretty wide net pretty fast and and haul in a lot of fish. Sure, right. Where those of us with a smaller database, it's a it's a lot harder work, you know, to to get that same sure. result. So I think a lot of that boils down to having an entrepreneurial uh, spirit and having uh, the idea that you're running your own business. Yes. So, uh, you know, I've been at my company a long time and I'm happy here, but I still see it as a partnership, okay? So I'm, they're my customers and then my company helps me, you know, uh, put the loans to the system and fund the loans and has the money and all that. But I mean, we're working together. Correct. It's not that I'm an employee of that company. Uh, I feel like the relationships I've built are mine. Um, I mean, I don't know what the legal aspect is, but that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, The thing is with that, so I always thought that that attitude, you know, there's always been kind of a uh, downplay on refis. They used to teach, you know, well, the purchases are going to be here forever and the refis are going to be here one day and gone the next. So if you build your business model just on refis and they're gonna be gone and you're gonna be out of business. So that was the, in a nutshell, what they would tell you. But you know, so that, you know, I would ask them, so so you don't worry about capturing those refis, but if the customer were to call you to get a second home loan, would you want that? Oh yeah, if they call you for a second home, that means you did a good job, you get the referral, you get another loan, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, but they're not gonna call you because they went to ABC Mortgage to do that the refi, refi that yep. you didn't weren't interested in, and then yeah. they're just going to go back to abc mortgage because you're you're two loans ago they forgot who <laughs> yeah. <you are. laughs> yeah so that yeah so it, it all falls under the umbrella of servicing the customer doing the refi is the same as giving them advice or whatever you do to service your customer yeah so john you and i get calls every week from loan originators that are maybe in a bit of a the panic is a strong word but are nervous about the climate that we're in. Again, going back to, we've seen an increase in interest rates faster than we ever have. So I figure I'd ask Stephen, like, what are some things that you're doing in the market that we're in that you would do regardless of what the rate situation is? Well, so um, let me answer that this way. So right now, a big initiative is I'm training some new loan officers. And what's great about that is uh, because I'm kind of an old dog, you know, it makes me kind of re-examine my own business, right? Oh, I like because that. if I'm going to teach them how to do it, then I got to know how to do it. better be doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I better be doing it. I better practice what I preach, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so what we're talking about is, um, and it's really a terrific training class because I, I help them uh, develop their business. And a lot of times we're given things like, um, you know, offer the agent something of value. Mm-hmm. Don't just cold call an agent with your handout, give yep. them something of value. But new loan officers don't even know what that means. They ask me, does that mean I should get some uh, Starbucks gift cards? Well, no, that, you know, that's not something of value. Well, what should I do? Should I, you know, should I like help? pick their kids up from school no, you'll get, <laughs> you know you'll get arrested for that's that. a little so, creepy right yeah, yeah. don't yeah. do that so, I mean, you know, they, they don't have a handle i'm like we'll give them something that's going to help their business and then it's okay great idea so what is that exactly because i'm not really sure what my business is much less their business yes, so yeah. um 
Yeah, so I think that uh, giving uh, agents uh, knowledge, if I can talk about some maybe some tactics. That yeah, please, yeah, please ahead, bring yeah. it, man, bring okay. it. Yeah, so the big thing is, you know, agents are not very uh, finance savvy. Most of them aren't, so they rely on us. Yep. So I think if you can, um, like with new loan officers, it's impossible to become an expert in this business because it's so uh, complex. But if you can become an expert on one little sliver, you know, and then you can call it these agents, and instead of just saying, hey, how's business? Do you have any leads for me? If I could say, if I could call you up and, um, John, I call you up on a Friday and say, hey, John, listen, I know you're super busy, but I just found out this one thing I wanted to tell my agents about. Did you know that on FHA loans, we only have to count a half a percent for the uh, student, student loans. loan yeah. payments? Yeah. And it's really helped me get a couple of deals closed. I thought you might want it. Listen, I'm going to let you, sc- I don't even let you talk. I'm going to let you scoot. And I, I'm going to be around this weekend. If you need me, we can chat later, okay? Yeah. And then you're at that point going to do one of two things. You're either just going to say, okay, and hang up the phone, or you're going to jump in and say, well, let me ask you this. And then we start a conversation. Yep. But whatever happens, when we hang up the phone, you're left with, hey, that Stephen is smart and he's helpful. Yep. You know. So you call him up, you learn things, and I do it through podcasts like uh, yeah. this fabulous contracts to, to contacts to contracts yeah. podcast that I pick up some pointers. So what I and, love about that, can I interrupt you real quick? What I love sure. about that is the, one more caveat, and you guys probably already do this, is that's a change, by the way, the half a percent. So how many agents have wor- have had a buyer pre-approved by an LO that 20%. we had to say yeah. no because of the 1% that now might be able to get back in the game. So as an LO, if you're dropping that hint during that phone call too, hey, think back to anybody you might have had pre-approved in the last couple of years that we couldn't do because of the student loans because today might be a different story. Absolutely, so you, you hit them with a little snippet and you know whether, they may even say, look, you know, I'm selling million dollar homes, I don't do FHA, whatever. You're still there, you're helpful. Yep. And um, so that's how you get in. So, you know, after a few times, then they start to ask you questions and then it leads to appointments and then it leads to referrals. So, Stephen, let me ask you this. Where are you farming to get these agents? What's your source to have you met these agents already face to face at an event or are you just dialing for dollars through a list? That's a great question. So I think like just pulling a list and calling is a little bit of a tough hill to climb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I do think that, um, well, for me specifically, I've got enough transactions in the past that I'm calling the listing agents and I'm calling, uh, and sometimes the buyers pick their own agent and I don't know them at all. So, um, you know, I'm trying to get the most out of that deal. Uh, and especially if we had a, uh, a closing with them, chances are it went smoothly and we can chit chat about that a little bit. For brand new loan officers, I think that they have to uh, meet them on social media where they make comments on their posts and or they go to events. Now, you know, with COVID being pretty much over, we've um, had a lot more live events yep. just so they see their face, just so that they know, yeah, I, I, remember, I remember meeting Brian and he was a nice guy. I mean, that's all they gotta know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and feed off of that. So it's just, so it's lukewarm. It's a lukewarm week. All right, listen, I'm gonna throw you a complete curveball. okay? Okay. Are you ready? I'm gonna wind up. 
Who's going to play quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons? (laughs) (laughs) So Marcus Mariota. So I think what the Falcons are doing is they're planning on 2023. Okay. (laughs) And that because from my understanding is there aren't too many good quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, they made one of these crazy deals with Matt Ryan. We all like yes. Matt Ryan, where they push out the money and they push, out, and then all yes. of a sudden they get hit with fifty million dollars yeah. on yeah. their salary cap. Yeah. So, um, so that and, the, and that puts you in a bad, that puts you in a bad place. Hey, John, just had a curious who who's going to play quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think some, you know. Guy named Tom. Some guy named Tom. <laughs> we hope. We hope it's still a guy, guy named Tom, but we never know. All right, just having a little bit of fun. Hey, Stephen, back, back to the you and the and the rookies, which is really a cool thing. So we look back, and when we all started in the business, Brian, you were a little bit after us, but back in the '90s, probably for I don't, you know, for Stephen and I, we were kind of given like, you know, we didn't need a license back then, right? We were yeah. just like, hey, there's your desk over there, your forms <laughs> are down the hall there, and good luck to you. So kudos to you, Stephen. I know you're, you're, you're mentoring the rookies, and I think that's absolutely, if you're Great. a rookie in this business or newer in this business, you know, you see it all the time on the chat groups. Hey, broker, lender, who's better? Yeah. The important thing is to find a company, a leader, a mentor yes. that's going to help answer your questions and put a plan together for you yes. to, to maximize your chance. When I say chance, not everybody's successful yes. in real estate and or mortgage. Mm-hmm. You need to have that great mentor that hopefully gets you across to that level where you, you become successful. And Steven, you, you, you do a weekly Friday call um, up there in the Atlanta area with the rookies. And, um, and I know you have a plan where you specifically spell out like each day, Monday through Friday, some activities that they should be doing you know, as far as getting in front of agents and, and hopefully generating some referrals. You just share so, share with us some, yeah. some of those things. Yeah, sure. And actually, uh, uh, I uh, get just as much joy when they get a deal as when I get one myself. Absolutely, yep. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so one of the things that um, I'm big on is uh, structure and having a specific regiment. And so we call this the power hour, and I've given them permission uh, this month Let's start out, let's do a half hour. Okay, so we pick a group each day. So the first day would be maybe our TBD customers that we follow up on, make sure that they know what's going on in the rate so they don't have a panic attack. Um, the, <laughs> the, you know, the next day are uh, the agents that we're working with. The next day are agents that we're not, that we're not currently working with but wish that we were. You know, the third day, it depends on who they are, but maybe uh, an affinity group or they're touching base with their Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been in the business a while, then it would be your past customer list. And the main thing is I want them to pick a time of and say, okay, I'm going to do this at 11 a.m. every single day so that, you know, it's on the calendar. It's routine. Yeah. They get, yep. Because a lot of times what we do, and I'm victim uh, victim to this too, is we get caught up in the day and we know we need to make that list of prospecting calls. Yep. We may have even got, um, you know, got the list ready to call, but because there's problem after problem with a loan or something comes up, the day gets away from us and then it's like nine o'clock at night and you're like, oh, I'll just call everybody tomorrow. Uh, I do the same thing with working out, if you can guess. <laughs> but, so by like, by scheduling this time, that even if, 
you have to move the time slot, it's fine. But by having it on the calendar, you're more likely to do it. 100%. Yep. 100%. All right, Stephen, we, we don't have much more time here. And so one of the things I we wanted to take an opportunity to ask you is, recently, we all know you're a huge fan of Gary V. All right. So don't don't drop any f bombs, okay, uh, on the on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> but we all know that you're a huge fan of Gary V, and he recently had a book come out. And uh, as as somebody who's passionate about uh, following Gary V and in that uh, book, you hosted. There we go. You hosted a book club to anybody. Anybody was welcome. Like why? And I actually bought them all the books too. Wow. That's how, desperate I, that's how desperate I was to get people to show up. Wow, there you so, go. Uh, Why would you do something like that, man? So, you know, I thought, so I really like his message. He talks about high EQ, you know, and mm-hmm. how important that is. That's your emotional intelligence that's yep. being able to deal with your coworkers and your customers. And, you know, empathy and kindness is so important. It's like yes. kindness is so rare that it's like a secret weapon, which is which is kind of sad, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, you've got people, I have a loan officer, I have, well, both of you are kind, but I have a loan officer, um, you know, in South South Atlanta, and she, um, she is so kind that people will crawl over glass, broken yes. glass to work with her. Yes. Um, but, you know, so we never actually talk about that. We say it, yeah, and you're like shaking your head because, you know, it's something that everybody agrees on. But so having these little 30-minute discussions about these things really got people to open up. And yeah. I found that, um, you know, people really responded. It really worked out well. Yeah. I think, too, you, you know, you do the format. Like you were doing a chapter basically a week. And I right. think that it's, that's an easier pill for some like somebody who's not necessarily a reader. Like that's an easy pill to say, hey man, you you only got to read one chapter a week, not three to five, right. you, right. you know, um, ver, you know, versus swallowing the whole thing all at one time. So, I, I think it's easier to get people plugged into something like that when it's not, you know, a big undertaking, okay. so to speak. But dude, kudos for you for adding value to other people and investing in other people's lives. Yeah, and what's great is I got to meet a lot of people. I had the most enjoyable. Uh, we call it the fly-in. I had the most enjoyable company trip I ever had because so many people that I recognized that were on the calls and so forth that I didn't know. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. know a processor in Utah. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, That's awesome. You know, but you know, hearing about you know her and her kids or whatever on one of these calls, it was really super enjoyable. Yeah, that's great. All right, man. Hey, listen, we're we're out of time, but before we go, is there anything that we should have? Or you would have liked us to ask about what's going on in the business and the market today we didn't get to? So, um, well, a couple of things uh, that come to mind real quick. I'll try and talk fast. So I think that there's a definite need to push loans all the way through as TBDs. Boom. You know, I work in a market that the loans <laughs> are high quality. I mean, nine out of 10, my average credit score I pull is 750, okay? Now on the other side, <laughs> On the other, okay, but the, on the other side, they, they want me to work for nine basis points. So, <laughs> yes. you, know, so you know, pros and cons there. But here's the, but here's the thing, you know, to compete with those all cash offers, you need to go ahead and push those all the way to get a, a loan commitment. That also means that it's going to be double the work on your staff to get these done. Yes. That's the market that we're in. 
And yep. the other thing is, and I was kind of serious before because I talked to a lot of my friends that are loan officers that are kind of down in the dumps. And hey, this is part of the regular business cycle. Yes. Yep. I feel like we're creating the 2023 refi boom. Yes. And, you know, and maybe it'd be 2024, <clears throat> maybe it won't really come, but that's okay. So this is part of the business. This is kind of, you have to enjoy the process. Yes. If you if you hate the process and are doing it just to get a paycheck, then now's the time to do something else. Yeah, Stephen, that's a great po- that's a great point. Now, now more than ever to really work and maintain your database. Yeah. Um, because the refi opportunity, whether it's next year or in the next two to three years, we all feel mm-hmm. that if that R happens, you know, to us again, that w- <laughs> we'll have an opportunity to circle back and refinance not only everybody that we've closed in the last six months. Yeah but probably several folks that we closed two years ago. Yes. You know, with the yeah. equity buildup in some of these properties and, and, and look, people people flat out want to do home improvements and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Buying those second homes, the dip in rates is going to open the market up again. So, you know, start taking name and number. Yeah. You know. Right. The higher rates today create refis. Yep. We also see high uh, rental returns that create um, uh, investor, investor. I mean, I get calls for investor loans like, crazy yeah and um and then the higher equity uh creates cash out refund there's always something in our business yeah i mean i think our business completely changes about every two years yeah you know it's interesting thing like and we we can cut this out if you don't like me sharing this story but i remember when you and i first started really working closer together in like say 2019 ish you were a little burnt out on like where the business was at. Like you were like, dude, I'm tired of grinding. Like I've been doing this for 25 years. Why do I got to keep grinding? Why do I got to keep grinding? And then boom, the market changed and you were like, this is the best job ever, <laughs> you know? And and right now, you know, right now you still have that mentality of this is a great business. Yeah, and, and, and kudos to Steven though, because you know, out of everybody I saw over Facebook chat groups and, and plenty of us worked hard during those two years. Yeah. You work seven days a week. You were in every day, all the time, Saturdays, Sundays, making calls, getting back with people. Sometimes You took the maximum opportunity that was there and ran with it. Yeah, sometimes he'd send me pictures of his wife bringing him takeout at dinner, and he's still in his office at 9 o'clock at night. (laughs) I mean, you know, I feed off that adrenaline, so yeah, so then he gave me a new lease on life, so... I mean, what can I tell you? This business has been, uh, you know, like the best, the worst, and everything in between, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Agreed. But, um, okay. Well, listen, I really enjoyed it. Check back anytime. Anytime you're in Atlanta. Yeah. We love love, love to see you. Good luck in the playoffs. Yeah, for the Hawks. You're talking about the Hawks, right? Can we switch and talk about the Georgia Bulldogs? (laughs) (laughs) Go dogs. That'll be the next show. The next show we're talking about Georgia versus Florida. All All right. All right, cool. So I'll close this. See you guys. Hey, thanks again, Steven. Hey, so thanks for checking out another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. On behalf of Steven, John, I'm Brian, and if there's anything that you need, we're always here to serve.